Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Let's open our Bibles to Psalm 127. Psalm 127, I'm on message two of a three-part series. This could be a 30-part series, but it's only going to be three. Of um, a three-part series called Built to Last. Built to Last. God is a builder, and he's in the building process of our lives. And uh, Psalm 127, verse 1, it's one of my favorite scriptures. And I want us to look at our screens and read this together. Out of the New Living Translation, it says this. Unless the Lord, let's read it together, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Uh, And then out of the message it says, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. (laughs) Our capacity is much, very limited in comparison to God's. Can I tell you, I know so many people who want to do something for God But it's important not only to do something for God, but to let God do something with you for him. Don't do something for God alone. Let God do something with you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. Lord, I pray that as we open your word today, that you'd show us how to build and how to be built to last. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, last week we talked about building a foundation that, it, uh, it, that is built to last. And how a foundation is everything. Because without a solid foundation, it, things really don't matter. You could build something beautiful in your life. And you could spend a lot of money to build something beautiful. But here's the problem. Wind and waves are going to come. We're in the middle of wind and waves. We're in the middle of stuff. Stuff happens, right? You've seen the bumper sticker. (laughs) Didn't quite say it like that, but stuff happens, right, in our lives. And what's going to happen is whatever you built, you could spend a lot of time and spend a lot of money, and it's going to knock it down, and it just, it really doesn't matter what you built. If you don't build it on a solid foundation, it's all going to be wasted. And so last week, we talked about the importance. It doesn't matter how much time and money it takes. It really needs, you need to make sure to build on the solid foundation. The second thing we learned was that the solid foundation in our lives has to be Jesus. It has to be the Lord. And Paul built on the solid foundation. Uh, Jesus came and said, uh, but more importantly, if we were to focus in on what Jesus Christ really is, building on Jesus Christ, it's more specifically, it's on what Jesus is saying for you to do. See, because I don't know a person who doesn't say, a Christian who wouldn't say life, and he's part of your building, but is he really your foundation? Is he really who you're making Is he really the the one that your every decision is built upon? Meaning this. Jesus gave the example in Luke chapter 6 that said, Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and does them. He's the one who builds his life on a foundation. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings, and doesn't do them. Which means this. You can hear Jesus. You can be around church. You can be around Christians. You can call yourself a Christian. But if he's telling you to do something and you're not doing, doing what he tells you to do, then you're not building your life on the foundation of Jesus. But if you hear Jesus and you're, you know you have knowledge base relationship with him, 
then you are, don't have a solid foundation. So having Jesus as your foundation has nothing to do with your knowledge of Jesus. It has nothing to do with, your, uh, with you saying you're a Christian. Because Jesus said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, I'm a Christian. But they don't do. The only difference is, is are you doing what he's saying to do? And notice it's not what he said to do, it's what he's saying to do. How many of you know Jesus still speaks? Yeah, and he's still speaking to you if you'll ask him what to do. And so it's important for you too. So that's where all of this starts. In fact, if we're not willing to, to start there with the foundation, the rest of the building really doesn't matter. That's why the book of Proverbs says the fear of the Lord in chapter 1. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, the rest of wisdom really doesn't matter. The best thing you could teach your kids is to fear the Lord. The best thing you, you, could, you could teach your kids is the fact that that God is right and you're not. God is right and the theories of man are not. That the God is right in whatever you study in college and whatever the new theory is and whatever the new thing that you're going to hear about in school, whatever the new thing is, it's always going to be subject to the foundation that God is right. In fact, there's something called true and something called truth. God is truth. He has absolute truth. But more and more, our world teaches what's called uh, not absolute truth. It's, it, well, what I think is, in fact, that's the common, that's, well, well, here's what I think. Well, what, here's the way I see it. But the reality is, is God has absolute truth, so God is right. His word is right. His word is truth. So knowing and coming back to the fear of the Lord, to the belief that he's right, and coming back to what Jesus says in our lives today is where the foundation of our lives is. If we don't come back down to that, then we really have nothing else to talk about. Let's just start there, and that's where everything starts. Now, today we're going to talk about where are those blueprints. Where are those blueprints? It seems like we should start there because really the blueprints comes before the foundation. But I wanted to talk about the foundation because if we don't have Jesus and his word spoken to us, then we don't even care about the blueprints. So it's kind of like which comes first, the chicken or the eggs? Well, we talked about the foundation because that's Jesus. So these right here I hold in my hand are blueprints. They're blueprints to this building right here. Now, what's funny about it, they're actually blue prints, okay? What's funny about this is when we first moved into this building, we moved in, in uh, right at the end of May, right at the beginning of June uh, last year, okay? And uh, when we moved in, people were saying, do you have the blueprints of this building? I said, I don't think so. We looked all around, uh, all around for. We couldn't find anything, you know, for for this. And and uh, and then one day, I think it was about I don't know, maybe about six months into it. Uh, I, there's a uh, up on the third floor. There's a room that I have put a desk in there, and I was studying in there. I use it as a study. And one day I walked in, and I had these sitting on the desk up there that I use. And I said, "Hey, I said, what are they?" They said, "Oh, they're." I don't know, they're blueprints. They said, maybe you'd want them. And so I looked at them, and they say on their 1015 South Cooper. And I said, oh, that's the address here. 
And they said, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know who it was, but, uh, but anyway, uh, it wasn't an angel or anything, but I think it was really like a person that just dropped him off, and maybe they used to live here or used to, I mean, be here or something, and he dropped him off and just wanted to know maybe you'd want them. But as I began to look through them, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing, and oh, they just, they're just, uh, I don't know what they are at all. I, like, know nothing about them, okay? But they do have, like, per, like for instance, this one, you know, this one doesn't have anything, but the one I just looked at last service, it said heating and air conditioning. And then another one says like electrical, you know, and another one says plumbing, and they each have different things on them, okay? Uh, and they're pretty cool. And so when you're looking for the blueprints or things about the building, someone took a lot of time to draw those up. And so I put those in a special place, and they're up there. And I thought, well, if nothing else, we'll use those. And when we design the building, maybe we'll put them in a on a picture up on the wall and say, hey, check it out. These are the blueprints of the building. Where are the blueprints? Do you know in our lives that we're constantly trying to find what is the meaning of our lives? What is our life all about? What is the purpose of our lives? I'm going to give you three points about the blueprints of our lives because God... There are blueprints in our lives. And I'm going to give you three points. Number one is this, that God writes the blueprints. God writes the blueprints. Write this down. God writes the blueprints. Now, everything in life originated with a master design. If you open the Bible, it doesn't say in the beginning, God was like, hey, what should I do? In the beginning, God was like, hey, let's do an earth and let's do something like. No, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And God and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Then there was the first day. God did this. Second day, God did this. Third day, God did this. Fourth day, God did this. Fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. Right? And God looked at all those things and he said it's good. God had intentional design. God had intentional design for the heavens and the earth. God had intentional design for all the animals, which we look at Discovery Channel. We look at National Geographics and all those things, and we're like, it's so amazing. We look at our own human bodies. We look at the solar system, and we say, look at the design. Some people would attribute it to God, and some people would attribute it to just Mother Nature or whatever it is, but it's God. But can I tell you, your life has intentional design. Your individual life, not just human beings, but your individual life has intentional design. And God writes the blueprints. Everything that originated has a master design. Do you know that all design, all style is just a collection of preferences? If you're a designer, like a fashion designer... A fashion designer, it's just a collection of preferences. Like someone might just say, I really prefer, you know, uh, um, um, natural colors. I really prefer deep, you know, blues. I really prefer this. I really prefer these textures. I really prefer this type of, uh, this type of, uh, uh, these type of shapes. Uh, I really prefer these, this type of, you know, uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's style like a fashion you know, this is really what I prefer. And they have a collection of preferences, and they say, oh, is that such and such? And they name their, them uh, this particular designer because that's their collection of preferences. And they say, I really like that because your collection of preferences would texture or, or uh, interior design or exterior design that you look at it, and it's just a collection of preferences and ways of seeing things. 
And there are certain style guides and ways that people would, uh, would, would prefer things and they'd put it into a certain guide and they'd say, these are all my preferences and that's their guide to do it. Same thing with food. That they'd say, uh, this is my collection of preferences and they end up calling it things like, categorize it into different styles. But do you know that you, you individually, I'm talking about you, you not you, human being. I'm talking about you, Bill. You, John. You, Jane. You are a collection of preferences styled by God. You are a collection of God's preferences. You did not come up with the idea of you. You did not come up with the idea of who you, of who you are, how you originated, what you do. I read a poll some time ago that said that on earth for not know why they existed or why they were put on earth, what they were put on earth for. That's why there's so much suicide. That's why there's so much medication. That's why there's so much counseling and so much people that have so much anxiety. And so then they run to something like social media and think, you think maybe that'll solve it. Think social media will solve that? Then they run to that and try to find identity there. Run to other things and try to find identity there. And they're more and more and more and more confused trying to find themselves. But the, the reality is the only one who can identify your original design is your original designer. It's the original one who drew up the blueprints. I can only tell what the design of this building was if I look at the original design and what the blueprints were designed for. Oh, that's why. Uh, originally, that room didn't have a wall there. Oh, I can only see it with a wall. Someone else put the wall up there. Oh, now I can see it. Oh, that's why the bathroom's over there. Oh, that's why the... Uh. Because I had all these, this stuff that someone else put all that stuff in there. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 says this. In the message it says, This is what God said. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. I don't know what you believe about whether a baby in the womb is a real baby or not. But I know what God believes. God says, in fact, before... I shaped you in the womb. God has a plan for you before you were even in the womb. Notice this. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind for you. He's talking about Jeremiah, the prophet. He's saying, Jeremiah, when you were in your mom's womb, I had all your life planned out. I had everything mapped out for your life. And, and, and listen, church, so, so, so did he about you and about your life. With Jeremiah, he already knew that he was going to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was born at a, as, at a specific time. Jeremiah was born to a specific family. He was given visions. He was given dreams. He was given a voice. He was given writings. He was given words. For one purpose, to be a prophet. That's what he was created for. 
to be a prophet. And then we see later in time, we see Jesus, our Savior, the Son of God. He was born onto this earth. Jesus, if I were going to lay out what I think Jesus should do, which I'm so glad I didn't, I would say, here's what Jesus, he's the Son of God while he's on this earth. If he's going to be here for, he should do this and this and this. And people had uh, plans for him while he was here. But here's what Jesus' ministry was. He only was in ministry for three years. He only ministered to the lost sheep of Israel, to the Jews. He only had 12 people that he called disciples. Jesus said, I have many things that I have to say to you, but you're not ready for them. Jesus said, but I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. He spoke to this one woman that came up to him in the book of Matthew. Some of this healing that Jesus knew, I wasn't sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Notice that Jesus knew his specific purpose. Though he was the son of God and he could have ministered to anybody, he had a specific time, a specific people, a specific place. He, had a spe- he even told this woman, I have a specific ministry. And what did he do when he was done with it? He said, I'm out of here. He said, you need the Holy Spirit. Paul, Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, he was called to the Gentiles. Now, Paul didn't have a a, a WWJD bracelet, right? He wasn't one of the apostles. He didn't walk with Jesus and and follow after what what would Jesus do bracelet because even though Jesus said before he left Jesus said go into all the world and Jesus said uh, you know to the uh, Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth but what Jesus did was he just ministered to the lost sheep of Israel so that's really what all of the apostles and the disciples did too but Paul was born and Paul ended up not being one of the ones who followed after Jesus. But what happened? Paul ended up persecuting Christians. And then he had that encounter on the road to Damascus as we know it. And he turned and he had an encounter with Jesus where Jesus said, why are you kicking against me? But then in the book of Galatians, Paul writes to the church of Galatia in verse 15. And he says this, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb. Notice he talks about in the womb again, his purpose and design who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might, Jeremiah was to be a prophet, he said to me it was that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What was his calling? To bring the word of God to the Gentiles. He says, when I got this calling, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to the apostles before me. Why not? Because it wasn't popular. They didn't do it. They all followed Jesus and ministered to the lost sheep of Israel too. He says, but what did I do? I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus and I stayed there for three years and then I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him for 15 days. What is he saying? He's saying, when I got a different calling in my heart, I wasn't ready to even talk to people about it. I had to go back to the place that God originally called me and I had to sit on it for three years. See, I think sometimes we have such a passion to want to do something for God that we jump out there and do it and aren't even really clear about what it is. Thing that we don't even know what the thing is. And it's important to know that God has a specific 
design and intention for your life individually. There's a reason he's placed you on this earth at this time. There's a reason you're sitting in Memphis, Tennessee in this house today. There's a reason you're in this family. You're in, you were born in the family you're in. You speak the language you speak. You look the way that you look. You have the attributes that you have. You have the, the, the you like the things that you like and you have the preferences that you have. And Paul said, when when the Spirit revealed to me what the purpose of my life was, I had to go sit on it for three years because I knew these apostles that came before me who were far more prominent than me would not understand the purpose of my life. So I had to sit on it for three years and finally I had to go sit with Peter for 15 days to talk to him about it. You are not random. You are intentionally designed. All of your little quirks all of your mannerisms, you are intentionally designed. Your person, your little personality that you have that someone might not like, the way that you talk, the way that you express, the time you live in, the place you are, the place you are, live on earth, the time you live and the time you were born at. Some may say I'm horrible at it. Some may say I'm great at English. Some may say I don't like it. Some may say I love to be around people. Some they're just into. Some walk into a room and they go, oh, that person's all by themselves. Other people walk in and say, the chairs are crooked. You, we just have eyes for different things. Some are administrators. Some say, God, why are there administrators in the room? A's. We all have different blueprints to our lives. I remember, I have two brothers and they're both older than me. And they're both ministers. They're both pastors. One is a pastor in Anaheim. One's a pastor in South Carolina. And one of them's wired like an attorney. This guy could, all of my life, he's, he's, an, he's someone who like, could like argue with you. He almost wants to get on the opposite side of you. And he could argue up and down a wall. Just argue, 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 and prove a point, and just, I mean, you'd almost, he, it didn't matter which side he was on, and he could speak well, and get this, and, and I just would think, oh, you drive me crazy, and he was, he's so well-spoken, knows the word of God, up and down, and so good at what he does with everything, and I have another brother who's so relational, he is like the best pastor that I know. I mean, if I'm going through trouble or problem, I just want to go sit with him and cry with him and go, my life is hopeless. And he's like, oh, man, I'm just here for you. And I just think, this guy is like, Jesus Christ, I love him. He's just, and then I remember one day, the Lord said, David, I want you to be in the ministry. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I did not want to be in the ministry. I just like, like, I just like, I want to be normal. I just want to be normal. I remember I'm looking at my brothers, you know, and I'm seeing one's pastoral, one's like, you know, good speaker, and he's a leader, and they're both, you know, they're both great at what they do. And then I'm looking at all these leaders and all these things, and the Lord's like, I'm calling you to be a leader. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, Lord, and I felt all this pressure. I remember this day of my life, I started feeling this pressure. 
And so I, I started talking different. And I started talking like, hey, Jim, how are you doing? I'm doing well, too. Thank you. You having a good morning this morning? Yeah, I am, too. Great. Yeah. And I started trying to do this and be this. And, da, da, da. and I remember I got through about half of my day. And the Lord just drops in my heart and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to be a leader. And the Lord said, knock it off. I didn't call that. I just called you. Goofy you. Just regular old you. I know your personality. I know your quirks. I know your problems. I know your stuff. And I still called you. You know what it did that day? It released me. Just to be me. Every once in a while I have someone that will say something and I just go, sorry, it ain't me. It's not the way I roll. It's not who I am. It's not that I don't want to try to be better, but I'm just going to be a better me. I think Dr. Seuss talks about that, right? You just have to be the best you you can be. God writes the blueprints. God loves you just the way you are. It's number two, our spirit reads the blueprints. Let me rush through this. Our spirit reads the blueprints. Having blueprints and reading them is two different things. You could pick up those blueprints and not know what in the world they mean. But reading them is a different thing. There are building elevation blueprints. There are, there are uh, measurement. There are uh, structural engineer Blueprints, there are electrical blueprints, there are plumbing blueprints, there are architectural design blueprints, there are blueprints for everything. If you pick up the wrong blueprints and try to work on a different trade with the wrong blueprints, you're going to get things messed up. You can't interchange the things. Let me just tell you, you can't get them mixed up. If You have to have proper interpretation to get the results right. If you try to interpret your design and who you were created to be based on your feelings, your cravings, and your emotions, you will misinterpret your design. If you try to interpret your design based on your mind, your feelings, your emotions, you will misinterpret your design. The master architect is the only one who knows your design. If you want to know the design, you go back to the master architect, and he's the only one who knows your design, and he's the only one who can communicate your design. And let me tell you the way he communicates your design. It says in the book of Romans chapter 8 that he bears, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. The way he communicates to you is by his spirit to your spirit. He communicates by your spirit. So my point is our spirit is what reads the blue later, but it's this. 
As it is written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared to those who love him. I've read this, and I've heard this preached, that people would just say, well, I guess we just don't know what God's going to do, because I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God's going to do. He knows and we don't. This side of heaven will know what God's not going to do. And I would just say, keep reading, keep reading, because verse 10 says this, but... God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. You know what that means? It means that the spirit of God knows the deep things of God. And your spirit knows the deep things of you. Your heart, your spirit, the born-again part of you will tell on you. The born-again part of you knows everything about you. The born-again part of you will put you in check sometimes and will say, you have the wrong motives in that conversation. You said that the wrong way. You were a jerk in that conversation and you shouldn't have said that. You're walking out of love. Was that the Holy Spirit? It was probably your spirit. Because the spirit of man, what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Your spirit knows the things about you. God's spirit knows the things about God. So then he says in verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God, which is the blueprints. So he's saying, why do we have the Holy Spirit? So that the Holy Spirit can show you the purpose for your life. So that the Holy Spirit can show you the reason you were born. But you can't find that out by your feelings. You can't find that out by your emotions. You can't find that out by your sensual cravings. Psalm 37, 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their life. Your purpose and design can only be found by spending time with the one who drew up the blueprints of your life. Three years ago, the Lord spoke to me uh, one morning when I was seeking the Lord. And I said, what do, I, what do you want me to do, Lord, to draw closer to you? And he said, I want you to get up every morning. And I want you to spend the first hour praying in the morning. I set my timer 60 minutes, praying the Spirit. I remember the first morning I set my timer 60 minutes, make my coffee start praying in the spirit, and I go, okay, has it been 60 minutes? It was eight. Oh, man, shoot. You know, over time, just keep praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. Have, have, have my writing, so start writing down, just writing down. Why is that? Because when you want to find out what God's saying, you have to catch, you have to be with God. You have to be with the spirit of God. You have to spend time with God. Through that time, I can't tell you how much time, how many things, how many things that, I mean, probably thousands of pages of just things that the Holy Spirit, just about my own life and things that I've been able to just write down, things, spiritual things, just things of being able to be with the Lord. Now, of course, I spent a lot of time reading the Bible too and, and being with the Lord with that, but just spending time. I remember when we moved to Memphis and not knowing where in the world. I didn't know Memphis was so big. I thought we were just going to come to some little bitty city and find a place to go to church or find a place to launch a church. And I'm like, dang, that's a big old city, huge. 
And so I'm prayer walking all around the city, not knowing where to go. And finally, I landed down to the Liberty Bowl, and I'm, I'm, I'm prayer walking by myself. I mean, I drive down here, drive down here, and go walk around the Liberty Bowl, walk around all around the parking lot. And I'm saying, Lord, I just, I don't know why, just something about this area, not knowing the Liberty Bowl was just going to be a few blocks away from where we were actually going to land as a church. This is a couple years ago, and uh, maybe three years ago, and I'm, I'm just praying around the Liberty Bowl, praying around the Liberty Bowl. And then I remember we're trying to find a place to have a prayer service. We came by this building, and I just said, hey, I called up and found out we can. And we ended up purchasing the building just a few months later, and this is a church. How did we know that? We knew it because somehow the Spirit pulled us forward. If salmon can be led upstream... If these South American birds every year can somehow find their way all the way down to South America and back every year, the Holy Spirit can direct my heart and your heart on where you're supposed to be in life. But we have to spend time with the Spirit reads the blueprints. And number three, I'm going to close with this. Our life, listen, the most important becomes the blueprints. Don't glory in the blueprints. They're just blueprints. If they're not, don't, if they don't become your life, if they don't become lived out, most people don't live out the plan. If it's God's will, it'll happen. Not true. Not true. There's a lot of people, God has plans for a lot of people. And they don't obey God. I mean, ultimately, I know that, you know, ultimately that statement, the sovereign will of God. But I'm talking about there's specific plans that God has for people's lives, and they never lived out the will of God. The purpose of a blueprint is to become living reality, not to stay on paper. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice, you should walk in them. You don't have to walk in them, but you should walk in them. God, every detail of your life, God has already written down. Every detail of tomorrow, of Monday, God's already written down. Jesus said, I don't say anything unless I've already heard. I don't do anything unless I've already seen. Where did he see it? In the Spirit. Every detail is written. God has already prepared beforehand that we should walk him. Do you think that if we walked after the things that God's already prepared, if we followed up with those things, that things would work a lot more? New Living Translation says, for we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he's already planned for us long ago. Proverbs 19.21 says, for we human beings keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. You know what I think we need? I think we just need another discovery group. I think we just need another discovery session to find out what are our other options. Baloney. You know what I don't need? I don't need more plans. I need to know what God's saying. Church, we don't need more plans. We need to know what God's saying. Amen? You don't need more plans. We need to know what the word of the Lord is. One word from God will change your whole life. Jesus, because he'll save. Peter, his name was Simon Barjona. He said, I'm going to change your name to Peter. Why? Because your whole destiny is going to change. You're going to be a rock. Paul, his name was Saul. He said, I'm going to change your name to Paul. Listen, sometimes God wants to change your whole life and your destiny into something he's originally purposed it into.
What is he calling you to? I'm going to close with this. Nate, would you come up? Listen, I remember when I was, one of my prayer times in California, when I was praying early in the morning, and I was saying, Lord, I, this whole Memphis, tab, or, or excuse me, this whole church thing, I hadn't, we hadn't, Tiffany and I hadn't told anybody that we were even talking about planning a church, anything, anything. Um, we were, we were, we, we, and I just said, Lord, what are you going to name this? And so we had like the river, the bridge, the hub, the, the this, the that, you know, all these cool names that are out there. We're like, this could be some cool, it could be some cool things, you know. Like worship house, prayer house, like all these different things. I had a, a bunch written down. I said, okay, Lord, you just pick one. And I remember one day, I was praying early in the morning, and the Lord said, call it a tabernacle. I said, nah. <laughs> That's kind of an old name, Lord. That's a weird name. It's an old name. I don't even know what that means. I just kept praying in the spirit for a little while. I just couldn't get it off my heart. Went and looked it up. Tabernacle means a place where God meets people. And the Lord just dropped this in my heart and said, David, I want a place in Memphis that I can meet with people. He said, I want you to call it Memphis Tabernacle. I said, Lord, it sounds old. And Lord, it's probably, name's already probably taken. But if it's not taken, whatever you want. So at five in the morning, I looked it up. MemphisTabernacle.com. Nothing. <laughs> Facebook, Memphis Tabernacle. Twitter, Instagram. You know, whatever else. It's available, Lord. So I just bought all the names, got them all reserved. So Tiffany woke up about three hours later. I'm just kidding. No, she woke up like right after that. I'm, te I'm teasing. She wakes up right. I said, Tiffany, well, I think might have got the name of the church that we're supposed to, Memphis Tabernacle. She said, are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I said, but, uh, yeah. I think the Lord wants to meet with people. It's just a place, supposed to be a place the Lord's supposed to meet with people. And so, anyway, all that to say, um, when we were, when we were uh, meeting, when we were putting together some plans and met with some church consultants on how to set up a church and do that, almost, in fact, every single one of them said, hey, there's one thing I wanted to mention to you, and I knew what they were going to say. Have you considered changing the name? Every one of them. Have you considered changing the name? I said, I have. They said, you know, because that's a tough name. I said, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and people won't really understand it. I said, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, and it sounds antiquated. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, have you thought about something like, and they'd go through their whole thing. Yeah, I know. So what do you think? I agree with you. So what do you want to do? I want to change it. But I think we need to keep it. Why? Well, and I'd tell him. Because the Lord, I, I don't know how else to say it, man. This isn't my church. This is the Lord's church. <laughs> the Lord wants to call it Memphis Tabernacle. And 
whatever, you know, I, I know people pull the God card all the time. And but the reality is if God does, you know, I just know this. If God's not speaking, you know, people would say, how do you know that God wanted you to start a church? I'd just say in about five years, we're all going to know. The reality is people don't need another church. I don't even care if this is called a church. The reality of it is God just wants to meet with people. And the Lord said, my presence is going to be this church's distinction. Listen, the distinction of this church is the presence of God. What's the blueprint of your life? What's the name of your life? What did the Lord call your life? Jeremiah, he said, prophet. Jesus, he said, savior. What is he saying to your life? Bow your head right now. What is he saying to your life? What's the purpose of your life? Why did God put you on this earth at this time? Why did God put you in the family that he put you in? Why did God put you in 2020 to be here right now at this time? Why are you here in this place? What's the blueprint of your life? Would you just pray this, Lord, show me your plan today. Come on, open your heart. Say, it's, it's, it's really the most important question you could ever ask yourself. Lord, show me, show me the plan. Until I stop breathing, you have a plan for me. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.